Well, if you've ever owned a fish tank, you know that if the fish become ill, you don't treat the fish, but you actually treat the water and you treat the environment. And when you treat the environment, then the fish can regain its health. And it's a true metaphor for our life as well, that sometimes we have to treat the environment, whether that environment is something that tempts us to sin or that environment is something that leads to just toxic relationships. It's also important to recognize that we can change somebody else's environment. You know, Paul, the apostle, he said, we are either an aroma of life or an aroma of death. And he calls us to be that aroma of life. So what we're gonna to share today applies to each one of us that you can put into practice today to change not just your environment, but the environment of other people. Whether you're talking parent to child, grandparent for grandkids, spouse to spouse, anybody you care about, you can change your life by using the tool we're gonna to talk about here today. And you'll see several examples of the power of what can happen when you put into place this biblical principle. You know, it's been said that garbage in, garbage out. We all know that statement, but I like James Malinchak who said, is that really true? Is it really garbage in, garbage out? And he makes a good point when he says it's really not. It's really garbage in, and then the garbage stays in, and then the garbage rots and decomposes. And by the time it does come out, it's often worse than what came in. It's so important that we pay attention to the environment we are in, to other people's environment, and recognize the change that can happen by using the tool, the principle we're gonna talk about today. The first place you find it is no numbers chapter 6 verses 22 and following and it is moses being told by god to pass along to the high priest this is how you shall bless the people and here is the blessing that he is to say the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you be gracious to you and the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And as we talked before, that peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. We're going to talk about the power of a prophetic blessing that you can give. And if you haven't received one, we'll talk about maybe some of the hurt that's caused and how to find somebody to speak that into your life. And we're not talking about wishing somebody well. And we're not talking about a simple prayer. What a prophetic blessing is, and everybody in Christ has the right to share this, is a scripturally based announcement by spiritual authority of a promise in scripture and spoken over somebody else's life. And again, this is something that you can do every day. It might be a once in a while thing, and you might have missed this in your life up until now. And that's why, again, we look at saying, you know, the standards that we want to have are to have a high standard and to say, you know, what can I do to change today that's going to impact not just my life, but other people's lives around me. Derek Prince said, you know, God is the source and the power of his word. We simply release and receive the power of the blessing. Now, two people that wrote about the blessing, John Trent and John Hagee, both wrote some great books about the prophetic blessing. And if you've never done this before, today's a great day to start. And if your family, and you've never done it in your family, you think your family's going to say, you know, well, how come we haven't done this before? Don't let that be something that stops you from starting today. 
because even if they may question the first time you're doing it, why haven't we done this before? I can tell you they'll come back and say, I want that blessing again. We all know people that say unkind things. You know, we live in a culture where people often criticize more than they say kind things. In fact, you know, if you are in a really good mood, you know, what do people say? They'll say, well, what's wrong with you? And if you're in a really bad mood, they come along and say, I understand how you feel. So you see, we have things backwards very much. And so it's very easy to say critical things. It's much more uncomfortable for many people to say the kind things. But that's what you're going to see the blessing is about. You know, parents that maybe are critical in their words to their children, you'll see the opposite effect of that when you speak life, destiny over your kids, over your family, over your loved ones. Maybe a friend who is going through pain in their life and you can come along and be that voice. Paul says, speak the very words of Scripture, the very words of God. So John Trent does a great summary and you don't have to use the, the blessing there in numbers. It's an example. And we're going to see some examples of the opposite of the blessing as well. But if you haven't done this before, it's very simple. John Trent shares it well. The blessing is a life-changing gift of unconditional love and acceptance given from one person to another. And there's four simple parts to it. You find these in Scripture. One, the high priest he would lay his hands on the person's forehead or their shoulder. Then you speak a word of high value. You declare a special future. And you have a genuine commitment to support that person. Simply lay your hands on somebody's forehead. Speak a word of high value. Declare a special future. And have real commitment to that. So, for instance, a, a parent who's very critical of a child that's not going to build into that person's life. What could they say instead? Maybe simply place your hand on the child's shoulder and say, you know what? You are created in the image of God and you have a destiny to fulfill and I speak greatness into your life and I'm here for you every step of the way. It's as simple as that. And here's the challenge. Gary Halbert says it very well. You accomplish more through movement than through meditation. You accomplish more through movement than through meditation. Meditation here, not prayer. That's not what he's talking about. Prayer, one of the most powerful things there is. The meditation he's talking about is the, I'll think about it. I might do it. I'll imagine doing it. I'll picture doing it. You accomplish more through the movement, through the taking action, through the no longer being stopped by that inner dialogue that says, well, what will people think? But rather saying, you know what, I'm going to step into the promise and walk this life in Christ following his footsteps. And let's look at the last thing Jesus did before he ascended. If you turn to Luke chapter 24, last two verses, 50 and 51, Jesus is about to ascend. And what does scripture say? Jesus led the disciples out to Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. And then in the next verse, Luke repeats, It came to pass, while he blessed them, he parted from them into heaven. Two times he makes it clear. What does Jesus do? The last thing, he blesses them. What's his blessing to them? 
You'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be world changers. You're going to be filled with power to accomplish the, the destiny I placed before you. And I'm with you always. All these blessings he gave to the disciples who just a short time before ran from soldiers as they were afraid when Jesus was arrested. And now with that new blessing, that new prophetic declaration, they're about to step into the middle of Rome ready to be arrested for their faith with such boldness now that they have. That's the difference between movement and meditation, between thinking about it and doing it. Think about who you can give the blessing to and then give that blessing, not just once, but do it as many times as you feel led and especially within your own family. Just simply place your hand on a person's shoulder speak a word of high value, they're created in God's image, or you love them, and then speak a declaration about success for their future. You'll see an example of that here, as we'll see some clear discussions of the blessing in Scripture. Let me pause and give you a brief story written by a gentleman named Jim McNeese, the difference between the meditation and the movement. He was sharing one day, his daughter walked in and she had a person with her, a very bad influence. She told her dad she was leaving to go live with this person. They walked out the door and he said, two years passed. He still had not seen her. He said, that day, my perfect daughter, who always did the perfect thing, walked out the door. And now it's two years later and he sat down to write this to other people so that they would understand the difference between the meditation and the movement. It's called shiny armor on the wall. And what he's talking about here is the biblical references to prayer and the references that prayer takes on this picture, this metaphor of different types of armor in our life for spiritual warfare. Here's what he writes. When I became a child of God, I was given shiny armor. It came with all sorts of promises. I learned them all. And then I hung them with the armor on the wall. People I knew that came to see me heard many times about my shiny armor. I would tell them of the belt of truth. They could see my breastplate with little trophies I placed around it, how I showed my deeds so people would think I was okay and righteous. The armor also had protection for my feet and legs so I could go out and give the good news. The shield looked fabulous. It could stop the hardest blows the enemy could stop send my way. My helmet of salvation was a perfect fit. Sometimes I would put it on so I'd feel secure. Usually it just hung there a little neglected and taken for granted. My armor was awesome. However, it stayed on the wall, so utterly shiny and tall. We'll hear the rest of Jim's story here in just a few minutes, but keep in mind again, the difference between thinking about it and actually doing it. Now, one of the clearest discussions of the blessing is found in Genesis 27, the story of Jacob and Esau. Just briefly, remember they are twin brothers. Their father is Isaac. Esau was a few moments earlier in the birth than Jacob. So technically he was the firstborn. So he was to receive a special blessing. They're now young adults. Isaac is blind, and he says, Today's the day I give the blessing. And as you know the story, 
Esau goes to prepare his father's dinner, and Jacob sneaks into the room and pretends to be Esau. Again, Isaac's blind, and Jacob says, It's me, Esau. I'm here for my blessing. Isaac gives this tremendous blessing that the person he's speaking to is going to be this grand ruler with all this power and authority. And as you know the story, Jacob then runs out of the door and leaves town. He doesn't come back for 23 years because he knows what's going to happen when Esau walks in. And Esau does then show up a few moments later. And we're told that Esau walks in, and here's Genesis 27. Esau says, Here I am. And his father Isaac said, Who are you? He said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Notice the words of Genesis. Isaac trembled exceedingly. There's a mystery to the blessing we can't fully explain, but once it is given, it sets in motion a person's destiny. Now, certainly you'll see there is reaping and sowing. It's not about fatalism. We still have our own choices, but the spoken blessing has tremendous power. And Isaac recognizes that, and he begins to shake and tremble because he realizes he's been fooled. Notice what happens next. Isaac said, I bless the one who came in before you, so he shall be blessed. When Esau heard these words, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. So it's not simply just saying, well, just speak it to me. It was a special declaration over somebody's future. And that future was given then to Jacob. That's the power of the blessing. Esau recognizes it. That's why he weeps. He doesn't just say, well, give me one too. He begins to weep. He knows the blessings already been given. Now, what you're going to see in all of this is any of this brokenness here can be healed in a moment in Christ. There's nothing about the blessing that you can't give it more than once. But this family here did not have that repentance in Christ. You can begin again today, no matter what's your background in Christ, and start fresh and new as a new creation. We'll see examples of that too. The example of Jacob and Esau, the important part is to recognize just the power in the blessing and the power in Esau's words next, because you'll all recognize this because this is everybody's heart's cry. Esau then said to Isaac, my father, bless me me also, O my father. And Esau wept. Everybody's heart's cry is, bless me, bless me too, O my father. We all have, whether it was your biological mom or dad, or you were adopted, or maybe your grandparents raised you, whoever that person in our life, that parental figure, Maybe later on in your life, that parental figure, everybody's heart's cry is for that person. We want them to bless us, give us that value, give us that approval, that acceptance. And so you can know when you leave here today, you're coming across everybody feeling that same thing. Would somebody please bless me and speak words of life into me? Show me value, show me acceptance. Remember, blessings, unconditional love and acceptance speak high value of somebody's life, declare a special future for them using biblically-based principles, and then be that genuine support for them. If you're a parent, your kid's cry is, bless me, please. 
if you're a grandparent, the grandkids, if you're married, know your spouse, that ache that you might have in your heart, you might also have a father wound for yourself where you say, you know what, if somebody could just speak that blessing into me. So if that's you and you don't have that figure of that parental authority in your life, find a spiritual mentor and ask them to speak that blessing into you. Ask them to declare that special future. Ask them to be that person, to be that life-giving voice to you. Which brings us back to Jim McNeese. Again, the challenge between meditation and movement. Jim McNeese, his daughter, two years have gone by. He shares this about that moment. He said, I had all this armor on the wall. Then all at once it happened, and it was so fast. The thief visited my home. I wasn't ready for him. My armor was hanging on the wall. The thief stole one of my most precious possessions. I couldn't stop him. By the time I got my armor on, he had left. Well, my armor no longer hangs on the wall. Now I put it on every waking moment because the thief left me so wounded. The armor no longer shines. It has been through so many battles. It's a little rusty now because it is stained with so many tears. But by the armor's power, I will stand. When I got my armor, I was a child of God. Now I am a man of God. A warning to other children of God, reading or listening to this, do not put your armor on the wall. Let me give you a beautiful example of God's grace when it comes to the blessing. Because you might be thinking about maybe sin in your life. We won't read this, but if you get a chance, Genesis chapter 49, Jacob tells his grandson, Simeon, that he cannot be blessed because he had this violent background of sin. If you fast forward, Levi is told the same thing. He cannot be blessed because he also committed this violent act. So Levi is broken by this, as anybody would be. But then you get to Exodus chapter 32, and when Moses comes down from the mountain, you remember the golden calf incident, and we're told this in Exodus chapter 32, Moses stood at the entrance of the camp and said, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And the next verse tells us all the sons of Levi gathered together with him. I imagine they ran to him. Levi, Jacob said, can't be blessed because of the violence that he committed. When you get to Moses' day, Levi That chance at redemption came, he runs to Moses' side and says, I'm with you and the Lord. And what does Moses then say to Levi? You shall teach Israel God's judgments, and you shall put incense before the Lord and a burnt sacrifice on his altar. He goes on to prophesy that Levi, because of that repentance at the golden calf moment, will now become the high priest of the nation. How does a violent, cruel man become the high priest? As always, it's always grace. Every moment, it's always grace. As John Hagee says, when I look at the church, I see converted adulterers, drunkards, drug addicts, thieves, and self-righteous modern-day Pharisees. Then I see grace, mercy, and forgiveness in action. Is there a secret sin in your past, something dark in your history? Confess it now in your heart in prayer. And let this day be the best day of the rest of your life. Become a new creation with an unlimited future. The blessing, a life-changing gift of unconditional love and acceptance, 
given from one person to another. Simply lay your hands on them, speak into their life a word of high value, then declare a special future for them and have a genuine commitment to give them your support. That's the power of the blessing. That's the power of words spoken with biblical authority over somebody's life. You know, John Hagee shared that in the early 60s, he was preaching down in Texas and there was a young soldier there. And he said, this soldier stood out because he was young, but his hair was white. And he said, I couldn't imagine what he had been through. And so after service, he could tell the soldier wanted to talk to him. And so they sat and talked and he wanted to know his story. And so he asked this soldier, he says, what is it that you regret? And here's what John Hagee writes. This soldier had served as the leader of a bomb squad in the Korean War. He missed a mine he was supposed to clear. His best friend stepped on it and several soldiers died. He cried, it was all my fault. That is my story. I looked at him and said, Bill, the only power in heaven and earth that can remove that pain is God himself. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Bill, your warfare is over. We joined hands in prayer as his tormented soul mourned its way into the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That's the power of the life-changing gift of unconditional love in the blessing spoken of high value of somebody's life, declaring a special future for them. Your right in your calling in Christ. Let us be the aroma of life, changing people's lives and their environment so they can also then live in the light of God's love.